News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Hour number three, or episode number three of the day, if you're listening on the podcast, which is free, by the way, at WBT.com. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the Pete Callender Show.com. And I'm on Twitter at Pete Callender, uh, which is where I got this from App Patriot Girl. Pete, I have volunteered to be a poll judge. You can't complain if you're not willing to do something about it. This is what I always say. People say people get frustrated because they don't know what to do. In the the last caller there before the top of the hour news, you know, he had this laundry list of things that uh, Michael was his name, and he had these ideas that you know he's written letters and he's not getting any response, and he's making demands like this needs to change, this needs to change, and well, the change can occur by having people staffing the operations too if all you have if if republicans and people who are worried about election integrity of any political stripe by the way like democrats are wouldn't you like to make sure that you know mark meadows isn't running around voting in uh, other places you know then the way you combat election fraud is to volunteer to help administer the elections not only will you learn about the rules of, you know, election day polling and how to do ballots and what's legit and what's not, you you also then can be in a place to root out fraud once you know the rules. See, one of the things that has it, it sticks in my craw a little bit is over the last, uh, well, since 2020, with all of the allegations of election fraud, there are a lot of people who, you know, were... Previously, well, like now they're Ukraine, Russia specialists, and before that they were epidemiology specialists, and before that they were election integrity specialists. And there are a lot of people that don't know the first thing about how elections operate in the first place. And so they they end up asking all these questions that are where the answers are obvious, and they, they don't understand what the process is. So first off, they make all sorts of accusations that aren't true, but which then undermines the actual case for election integrity when people make claims. It's just like Juicy Small A. The fake hoax uh, uh, hate crimes that people perpetrate undermine the actual victims reporting of actual hate crimes. So... The same goes true with election integrity. People run around like, oh, it's all over the place, and it's here, and it's there, and it's everywhere. And then you easily dismantle that. And then I'm out here saying, hey, you know, we need to be cleaning up the rolls. And now people are like, oh, sure, like the whole election cycle is stolen. And then I have to deal with those counter arguments. They try the people who wish the system to be as lax as possible, so as to be able to find votes where they need them. They will attack me with the weakest argument of my side, quote unquote. So the best way to not the best way, but one of the ways, because litigation is the other way and new laws and such. But a really good way to help secure the vote is to have people volunteer and even get hired on because some of the gigs pay you. I mean, it's not much. It's like a jury duty kind of a thing, but they will give you some money. 
and you get to learn how the election is administered, but you can also be there to be a whistleblower. You can be there to make sure that it's run right. You can help. This is a direct way to help. Volunteer to help administer the elections. Or if you don't want to work for the Board of Elections or maybe like it's, sometimes it could be demand too demanding if you got to do like a whole shift, you know, like a like 12 hour day or something that might be too much. You can volunteer with the Republican Party. They're always looking to have poll observers at precincts and such. You can do that, too. You can volunteer your services to help fight the thing that is most concerning to you. Is that David? Yes, sir. All right. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. How are you? How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm hey, good. I'm What's good. up? I love your show, man. I think Thank you're, you. Uh, you're super, super entertaining and very intelligent. But I just, I just had a question for you. All right. I'll see if I can meet that standard now. I mean, I only strive for one of those two. I try to be <laughs> no, just, informative or entertaining. Though, I'm with you on this. But if I'm working the polls, right, yeah, yeah. and I can't ask a person for an ID, yeah. How am I supposed to know that that guy's the valid voter that's on the register? Right. Well, you can answer me that one. No. Well, you can't. Where I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, so. Right. That's the problem with the so voter we, ID uh, being blocked by the leftists, and the yep. North Carolina State Supreme Court is actually t- they're so, they're deciding so, this case right now. Yeah. So I I mean I just think you should point that out and keep pointing that out. That I mean because I can tell you from I know for a fact. Okay. Read my lips for a fact. It's easy to vote for somebody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All I need to know is the name and their address. Correct. That's all I need to know. Well, and, and no signature check because I, I print my name all the time or I print whoever's name I'm voting for all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, well, if you do it all the time, David, I mean, yes, it's not it's not quite as easy as you've just described, but it is almost oh, yes, that it easy. Is, Pete. No, yes, David, it is. you go do it. You go do it. You got to do it. I'm not going to go commit vote fraud, David. I'm not going to do for, that. Vote for your neighbor and have him vote for you. No, that's still vote fraud. I'm not going <laughs> to engage in vote fraud. Okay. You should so not you be advocating that people... You should. I know how easy it is. I am aware of that. I know how easy so it how's, is. How's, how's volunteering at the polls helping the integrity of the vote? So what is your alternative? Well, my alternative is to just make sure and go out and vote and vote as many times as you can. So to break the law. If you want to. Vote, vote every... Every early election day, go in and vote. There's a list online that tells you who doesn't vote in this in this state. So you're just openly advocating. You're openly advocating for people to commit no, no, no. Vote hey, fraud. You don't realize vote fraud doesn't exist. No, you David, you are advocating. David, I would not allow somebody to get on my radio program and advocate for breaking of laws. Which well, is what you're I mean, doing. It doesn't exist. So how no, can, how what can it's David, David. Don't. I'm not going to let you jump down that. Uh, pull okay. that escape hatch. No, you're advocating people break the law. I asked you a very, I thought, reasonable question, which was, what do you suggest if you can't verify people's ID? Which, by the way, there are other well, mechanisms that you could, if you're running the poll book portion and you're sitting at that desk, if there is, uh, you're assuming that the signature match has always been going on because you you skipped right past the first time you voted for somebody illegally right you've skipped right past that you the first time you go in to vote for somebody illegally you have to match that signature no you don't how how do you do that how do you do that i i i printed the signature you print it, you, printed you spelled name. it out. You print and, their name. Right. There is no real signature match. I understand I that, joke. David. What I, My suggestion, though, is that if you are at that poll book and somebody does that, 
then you can say that signature doesn't match. You get to make that, that call. That that could be done. That yeah, so done. that's and my response to your hypothetical. Now, what's I, I your do, response to mine? Point. I do have another point on, the, on how you can stop it, and that's making sure you vote the right person in the Supreme Court. Well, that's true, but how do you get around the voter ID? What's, the, what's your suggestion besides breaking the law and voting as many times as possible, which is just well, we already The people already voted for the voter ID. And it was, and it was. Pastoral. I understand that. That's not. A, that, that's not. It was David. That's not responsive. I'm out of time. I'm. I'm. am t- waiting on you. I've given you over a minute and a half to tell me the response to my question. You can do, Pete. You tell me what you can do. I just told you what you can do. You can go volunteer. All right. I'm running around in circles, David. I do appreciate the call. I, I mean, I, I just. I'm way late for the traffic. Sorry. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I don't know what happened on that. It started off so well, I thought, that phone call with David. It started off so well. He praised my humor. He opined positively on my intellect. And then he started advocating for criminal activity. And, uh, like, I'm off that train. That's where I get off. Look, I don't know. I mean, I, I will assume that David, maybe he was maybe he was uh, doing a radio bit. Maybe that was part yeah. of the bit. I don't know. But let I, I will I will use Dave's call, and I don't have any animosity towards him. And I don't know Monica's like, what's with the trolls lately? I don't even know if he was trolling me or if he was joking or half joking, although many a truth said in jest. But, uh... No, you should not be engaging in election fraud. Let me just make that clear, first of all. Second of all, I don't care who's engaging in it, which party. I'm against it. I don't care. So when people on the left find the examples of Republicans engaging in vote fraud, I highlight those too. Because I want all of it to stop. But there is only really one party that is actively stiff-arming attempts at making the election more secure. And that's the Democratic Party. In fact, they they use every opportunity to loosen the rules on election integrity. So that's that's how I come at this. And no, you uh, look, I know precisely how easy it is to commit vote fraud. I am aware of that. Dan Forrest, our former lieutenant governor, when running for governor, put out a video documenting it. You remember that? And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, he's telling everybody how to commit fraud. People already have figured this out. I've detailed this extensively over the years. So I am aware of how easy it is. But it is not. I mean, first off, you got to have the will to do it. You like That's the first thing. And election people will tell you that's generally what keeps most people from doing it is that they believe it's wrong. That's it. It's an honor system. That's literally what the guy up in New York said in Suffolk County. That's literally his quote when they found the example of a candidate running for office in the General Assembly in North Carolina who had voted in two different elections, one in New York and one in North Carolina on this uh, during the same election cycle, one in person in New York and one absentee down here. And they proved that she was not the one who voted up in New York. Somebody voted her ballot up in New York. And they don't know. So it was like 20 years ago. So they don't know. 
they don't know who voted her, uh, voted her ballot. And that's when he said in the article, it's, it's basically an honor system. Which is not, an, that is not a secure system. Because people know how to take advantage of it. But let's take, for example, this comment that David made, this idea that everybody just needs to go and commit vote fraud, which is absolutely ridiculous. You, you should not be doing that. Do not, do not become the monster in order to fight the monster because all we are left with then is a world full of monsters, right? The kinds of ideas like that, though, they have a Todd Aiken flavor to me. This is why I say unchallenged ideas are easy to hold because when you have an idea in your head and if you're only talking to people that agree with you, they never challenge these things. That's a very easy opinion to have. And so when I press back on people, you can hear them attempt to defend the position. And sometimes it's the first time. And that's difficult to do sometimes with a position like, for example, the legitimate rape comment that Todd Aiken made when running for U.S. Senate. That was not the first time he'd ever said that. My bet. Unchallenged ideas are easy to hold. Also, be the change. I talk about this and people complain like, oh, you know, we had the manger scene set up in front of the town hall every Christmas and uh, ACLU sued and they had it removed. Boo them. Right. But if every Christian put a manger scene on their front lawn, you wouldn't even see it missing from from the uh, town hall because there'd be so many other manger scenes everywhere else. Right. So do the thing, be the thing that you want to change, help to uh, affect that. Uh, I got this tweet. Uh, Pete, I loved your suggestion to have people get involved in the election process. Based on what you said, I am going to do that here now. Love, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. Well, good. He's up, well, he's up in New York. He's listening in New York on the WBT app, so you should get that. But So there's a guy who's going to go up and monitor elections up in New York, right? Do you think that would be helpful? Try to root out some fraud? I do. All right. News is next. Stay tuned. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Another clip here from the interview. WSOC-TV's Joe Bruno sat down with Patrick Cannon, which, by the way, our own Mark Garrison just got off the phone with Cannon, just did an interview. He'll have that as part of uh, his program this evening, Charlotte at 6. I can't wait. So uh, Bruno had a very good question, I thought, for Cannon. Talking about the gray cloud returning. During sentencing, you said in the courtroom that you resigned the day you were charged to let the business of Charlotte operate without a gray cloud over it. If you win, does that gray cloud return? No. No, it doesn't return. And it doesn't return largely in part because of what I've experienced in the past. You you are to learn from your mistakes. I've learned from my mistake. And to date, I'm just simply saying, look, let's look at what the issues are today. Let's concentrate on being able to move our city forward in a way that's going to make a difference for everyone that resides within it. Oh, I wasn't supposed to take the bribe? Oh, I didn't know that. Now I know that, and that was my mistake, so I've now learned from that mistake. Now you could totally put me back in charge of the same, you know, city government where I was taking the bribes. Give me a break. Give me a break. The gray cloud 
has already returned. Simply filing for re-election has brought the clouds with it. You've already done the damage. You will do more damage. You, Yeah, you, you will do more damage when Charlotte becomes known as a city run by the bribery mayor and re-elected the bribery mayor. Yeah, yeah. You will do more damage to the city that you say you love and the people that are in it. Here's the other thing. Is there no other way? Is there not a single other way that you could serve the city and the people that you love? Except to run for an at-large seat on the Charlotte City Council? That's the way? Like, why not Why not get like an appointment or something to a committee? How about work through a soup kitchen or church? Go volunteer with the election? Well, no, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. All right, on Queen City News... QCnews.com, Robin Kennedy also sat down with Cannon and he said the same thing. He's re-engaging. That's the, the language he's going with, that he's, he wants to re-engage. Don't call it a comeback from prison. He wants to re-engage because he loves the city and the people. She asks, why should voters trust you, though? Well, because what went on then is certainly something that I'm not proud of. What, right? went, wait, wait, what went on then? No, it's what you did. See, the language that he keeps using here, he kind of goes back and forth on this stuff. Some of the language that he uses is distancing, I've noticed. Uh, But what I can tell you is this. uh, That's not Patrick Cannon today. No. Red flag. Third person reference. You talk about yourself in the third person. I, I do not ever speak. I don't really know anybody who speaks. Do you? Do you know people who speak of themselves in the third person? That's a distancing thing as well. So it's like you're removing, you're compartmentalizing that thing that happened to Patrick Cannon. No, you mean the thing that you did. That thing? The Patrick Cannon today is someone who represents a level of honesty, humility, someone that's objective, someone that's grateful and willing to go the extra mile to do whatever I need to do in order to be able to make sure that people understand that I'm looking to put them first uh, in our community to move us forward, to address all those various issues that are before us right now. Where's the proof that you've changed? Great question. Proof only comes when you're able to provide someone an opportunity to be able to show you themselves what that looks like. Well, no, you could say, like, I haven't taken a bribe since I got busted for taking the bribes. Like, do you have some examples? Like, I have not committed any other crimes, something like that. That would be some evidence. That would be some proof. For instance. Yeah, let's hear If an employer goes and releases you with or without pay because of something you may have done on the job. Yeah. Uh, when you come back, you know, you have an opportunity to what? Wait, what? redeem yourself, right? To be able to show your employer that you're worthy of being able to take on that responsibility again and do it in a very good way. So what? that being said, I still have to be able to prove my worth. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What was this example? That if you get fired, let's just say for embezzlement, you get fired for embezzlement, and then he just kind of skips to the part where you're back on the job after getting fired. Like, why would your employer, why would the employer hire you back after you got fired for embezzling? You got fired for embezzling. You stole from the company. So what, now the company is going to hire you back? How did that happen? He just goes right past that part of the equation. It's like the uh, the memes that you see where it's like, you know, 
Number one, make the plan. Number two, bunch of question marks. Number three, win. Right? Like, that's that's what he's saying here. He's like, all right, I'm going to run, and you, you, can, you can totally trust me. Fill in the blank. I've won your trust. He's just, he's asking us to bear the cost for forgiveness. That's what he's doing. And the cost is to the reputation of the city, all of the voters, and the constant nagging feeling that we're all going to have. wonder if he took a bribe today. To the citizens of Charlotte. And how do I do that? The only way that I'm able to do that is for them to consider uh, re-electing, reelecting me uh, to show them no. what I was capable of No. Uh, in terms of the level of services that I did then versus the level no. of services I can produce today. No. 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 I'm saying no. I'm telling you no. Patrick, if you're listening, if you're hearing this on the podcast, you get it at WBT.com. comes right to your smartphone, by the way. Um, if you're if you're listening, please, I beg of you, just drop out. I'm saying no. You you've already done more damage simply by filing to run. You've harmed the city and its people again. You don't ask people in a test of loyalty to you. That's what you're asking. You're saying, oh well, I want to see if they were to give me a second chance. There are probably an infinite number of ways that you can test to see whether the city forgives you. You know what would be a good way? Donating all the rest of your days to service work in your city and just go nuts with all of the service and charitable uh, fundraising organizations, stuff like that. Hey, you know what? You're at a sister state. Well, he's not right now because he's running for office, but um, sister station of us. I would help you do stuff like that. I would. I believe in second chances. I do not believe in putting somebody back into the office whence he came for bribery charges. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. So, TJ comes in. TJ produces for the uh, Brett Winterbull Show, which is coming up in mere moments. Um, And he asks... The question of, uh, well, what if uh, Patrick Cannon had done all of the service work, charitable work, uh, and he he does that for five years, ten years, whatever. Can he then run for office again after having done all of these way uh, done these things to help serve the city and the people that he loves? And my answer is still no. And in the interview that he did with Queen City News, Cannon tries to equate himself to a fellow named Franklin Deese, who is the mayor of Marshville, wrote a book. Um from inmate to mayor and he's he's saying like oh well like the community rallied around this guy they could do that for me and marshville's like 75 percent republican and they elected this black democrat mayor and so like look at this he can do it yeah it's a little bit of a different story there in that mayor deese was young and got arrested for uh, uh armed robbery i think went to prison began turning his life around, got out of prison, continued turning his life around and made great improvements and then got elected mayor. He wasn't the mayor when he did the crime. You don't ever get that trust back. You can spend the rest of your days engaging in charitable works and you will be recognized. If the city and the people in it forgive you, you'll be recognized for those efforts in a different way. 
But you need to bear the cost for the penalty, for the crime, right? You need to bear that cost. You should not be offloading this onto the voters, making us, you know, thumb up, thumb down. That, that's It's totally unfair. And it is, it is the behavior of a sociopath. Of a narcissistic sociopath, which, by the way, he talks about in these interviews. And I'm not going to have time to get to all this audio. So I will be revisiting this on Monday. This is because, like, this is so outrageous. It really is. It's so outrageous. The stuff that he says in these interviews. Um, he says that, oh, I took a 500-level course. Talking about how thinking errors that his brain was having and and, and how they... Uh, how, how all these strategies for coping and and overcoming these thinking errors that he now implements, dude, you took bribes. This is not rocket science. This isn't like some gray area of the law. You you took the money and and flittered it past your ear and smelled it or something like. And then when he was asked, oh, hang on a second, do I have? I do have the clip here somewhere. Is this it? Let me see. Uh, Why should people elect you? Oh, no, here it is. The most obvious question. The most obvious question. This is from uh, Queen City News. Robin Kennedy. Why did you take the bribes? Wasn't thinking. No rhyme, no reason. Nope. Sorry. Now you're out. I'm done. I'm done. That's your answer? I wasn't thinking as if it was like some crime of passion. You're just walking down the street. Some guy's like, hey, man, uh, can I give you some money for that vote? And you're like, "Eh, okay, fine. Like this. Like, no, no. You went to a meet at a hotel. You had plenty of time. You had some stupid company with feminine hygiene products. Yeah, wait till you hear some of the audio that Mark Garrison's going to play for you at six. So, like, don't tell me that that there was no, he said, literally says there was no rhyme or reason. I don't know why I did it. Uh, my brain's broken. Uh, I was 26 when I got into office. Dude, you were in your 40s. You were in your 40s. There was, this was not some momentary lapse. And by the way, kudos to Kennedy, who pointed out that the, in the court papers, it says that this uh, pattern of behavior had been occurring for four years. We don't even know how many bribes this guy took. We just know the one he got caught on because it was a sting operation that the feds ran. We don't know how many others he took. Oh, and when he was asked about, hang on. Uh, no. Oh, all right, yeah, number six. Cuts. I don't think that that 2009, 2014. That's exactly what the the court documents say. Well, I think During when that they period. were. Well, I'm not certain what the court documents might suggest, but maybe there could be something else. But what, what what's your question? I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There could be something else. You don't say. Oh, that might undermine people's confidence just a little bit. Maybe that would have been a good opportunity for you to, you know, act in an honest way as you beg forgiveness and an elected position um, for you to admit if you had taken any other bribes. That would be a really good question. How many bribes have you actually taken? As a city councilman, like when did they first start? Maybe document all of that as part of this you know, openness and transparency and honesty and accountability. You did take the 500-level coursework. You took some behavior modification classes as well, and you got to work with the West Virginia Uni- University of West Virginia's uh, Inside Out program that has apparently broken you of the momentary decision to take a bribe. That only happened once. 
Yeah, I'm not buying it. You don't ever get to go back. That's the that's the answer. That's the penalty. You are not uniquely qualified more so than any of the other people that are running for office and simply registering has already done harm to the city. You've already done harm to the city. And maybe nobody is around him to tell him that. I don't know. But also I would point out he's hiding in a pack of candidates. He did not go for a district seat. He did not go where you could get one shot him versus another guy. No, because he's he was afraid he would lose that. So he made a political calculation to go at large. So he so we have a slate and he's more likely to just squeak in based on name recognition as that fourth seat. But what do I know? Maybe Democrats name him number one top votainer after all. All right. Have a great weekend. Brett's up next. We'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.